you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. Let's welcome today's guest on Intuitively Rich, Ruth Pierce. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very happy to join you. And I'm very happy that it's not too early in the morning for me. <laughs> yes, we were talking about that, how um, I'm in Europe. And sometimes I have a huge time difference between me and the, with my guests in the US. So thank God it's not 6.30, but it's still early. Like it's 8.30 or 8.35, wherever you are. So in my country... For the conversation, that is very early. We start we start life. I start early, but people in general start life very late. So back to you. Today, we are going to talk about something very close to me because it just recently happened to me, which is burnout and how to help people who are going through the burnout. I would love to start. How did you find yourself even thinking about burnout and then diving deep into burnout and learning more about burnout? Well, Ian, I've been a project manager for many years, or I was a project manager for many years. I'm a coach now. Um, and in 2016, I was on this amazing program with an amazing team and really, really uh, Everything, it was a great challenge, very interesting. And I just, I loved the team I worked on and I burned out. And I'd always thought that burnout came when your relationships at work weren't too good or you were surrounded by people who maybe weren't collaborating well or something. So I was surprised. And when I say I burned out, I mean, I stopped I quit my job. I took six months away from what I was doing. I did not want to hear the words project management or project manager. They actually made me feel sick to my stomach. It was like a switch had flicked and, and I couldn't do it. Wow. We hear, obviously, the word itself says like project manager. We can imagine what it means. But if we ask people about the words that we think we know the meaning, if we ask them to what explain it, not many people can explain it. So who are the project managers and what do the project managers do in general? I think a lot of people have the idea that a project manager is that person who runs around with the task list on a board and kind of checks off, okay, she's done what she's but that person's behind or whatever. There's a lot of complexity. And as I dig into this burnout um, phenomenon for project managers, that's becoming clearer and clearer to me because we are constantly interacting with other people. And that may be our team members. It may be our project sponsor. It might be other stakeholders, customers, you name it. All of these people who are pulling on our time, want our attention, need to talk to us and all of that kind of thing. And in my experience, many project managers are introverted as well. So they tend to like downtime, quiet time, processing time. And when you're a project manager, you can get that. 
it's just not necessarily when you want it. Other people are going to say you have to be here now and you have to do that. And I think that is, is a big thing. But what we're doing is we're pulling lots of people together with the ideas, pulling everything into one place, coordinating it all, constantly moving lots of things along and keeping everything moving towards the ultimate goal of the project. So it's a lot more than just going, there's 28 tasks and we're checking. It feels like you guys are multitasking all the time. It's like, so I can see how project managers can go to or experience burnout very quickly. How, how does burnout look for you personally? And how can we identify that we have a burnout? For me, burnout looked like a relatively sudden change in my level of interest in things. It, I just couldn't be bothered. You know, when one person came to my desk and people are doing that when you're a project manager, they're doing that all the time, coming to your desk or pinging you, emailing you, whatever it is, they would come and say, there's this problem or we need you in this meeting or we need this discussion, we need to explore something. And it would take all of my energy not to say, I just don't care, go away. And that was a warning sign for me because that's not who I am. I mean, I love to, I actually love challenges, like when something blows up and I mean, I don't like to set fires, but if there is some sort of firefighting thing, I'm the person that goes in calmly, assesses the situation, figures out what to do step-by-step, step, resolves it. So I'm not put off by people suddenly saying, hey, we've got a problem over here. And, and suddenly I just, I was like, yeah, it's your problem. Go take care of it. I just, I've got nothing. And that was, and my husband noticed it too. My husband actually said to me, quit your job or I don't know what's going to happen because, and that's so unlike him to just say, quit your job, you know, not find another button or something like that. So it was that sort of, I can't be bothered. I don't care. I don't want to listen to you. Your problem is of no interest. <laughs> you know, it was it was bad. It felt bad. I can only imagine. And you said something so important, which I just connected the dots. I was reading the book. I think it was in um, 101 Essays That Will Change Your Life or in, I don't know, I'm reading too many books together. So I forgot in which one it was. So it said that when we have fear, when we want to do something, when we have fear and negative emotions, it is actually a good sign because we are nervous to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. to achieve something. And mm -hmm. what, how, when it gets very bad is when we are indifferent to things. Indifference means that we shouldn't pursue that thing. Fear and negative emotions doesn't mean that we sh shouldn't pursue these things. And you said indifference. So indifference might be the key. So what was for you? What was the first like steps you took when you realized something is off here? So the first step was really, well, first of all, I took a few days off work, which I hadn't mm -hmm. done in months and months and months to, to kind of size things up and see where I was. And when I got to the end of that time off, I had that Monday morning feeling I didn't want to go to work. And I don't typically have that Monday morning feeling. I coach a lot of clients who say around four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, they start dreading the beginning of the week. That's never been me because I've been fortunate enough 
to be able to choose work that has been stimulating and interesting to me. And after those few days off, I just, it took everything in me not to call and say, I'm taking a few more days off. And so I realized some, something had to change. I started thinking about which parts of my role I was still enjoying. And if I could just do those, what, what is that? What would that look like? And I was fortunate enough because I had a partner um, to be able to, to quit my job. I've never been in that position before. I would always have had to find something else, which I think is really, really hard when you're burned out to go looking for another job. You, it's hard to put your best foot forward and come across as, who wants to hire someone who's indifferent? <laughs> it just doesn't work. So I was fortunate in that. And what I did was I went and got some training in some of the things I was really interested in. So I realized that that sort of coaching element of my job, which I'd always done as a project manager, was really interesting to me. So I thought, okay, I'll go and do some coaching training and see where that takes me. And where it took me was on a journey to become a coach and ultimately a group coach. I do do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I don't do much because ironically, I love groups of people and seeing them interact and work together and share ideas. And so it, it wasn't, I am introverted, so it can be overwhelming to me to be around people all the time, but that wasn't the cause of my burnout. It wasn't having to play the extrovert too much or anything. It, it was other factors. And once I worked that out, I was able to craft a role and get the training to allow me to focus on those elements of the role that I still really enjoyed. You did something very important. You didn't just think, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, because those thoughts can overtake our whole brain so quickly. You still put the seed of what do I enjoy? What do I like doing? So your brain wasn't completely like, I don't want to live anymore, because we can get to that point if we give too much attention and too much focus to the thoughts, what we don't like in our life it can quickly escalate into I don't want to live anymore, which even happened to me because I wasn't very careful with the thoughts that I was thinking. And I was like, okay, that was an indication that my thinking was not in the right place. So what are some major things, maybe one or one, one to three things people can do because not everyone can quit their jobs, as you said. Mm -hmm. So before they can quit their jobs, how can they support themselves? Because we told them how they can identify their burnout things because it can look different for different people mm -hmm. and it's unique to everyone but how, what are some few things that they can do to support their mental health and physical physical health before they can figure out how can they support themselves with their job or find another job i think it realistically it can be quite a challenge because depending on where you are, who you're working with, what the external pressures are from, from your job, it certainly can feel as though your choices are pretty limited. And I think three key things helped me as I was, as was sort of navigating what, how do I navigate this? One was everybody's tip of the tongue thing at the moment was mindfulness. And I, for years wanted to practice mindfulness and meditation and 
honestly, I thought I was awful at it. I was just totally, <laughs> I can't focus on one thing. You know, my mind's all over the place. It wanders or all of these things. And I just used to judge myself. So a friend of mine, a colleague actually, who in a casual conversation said to me one day, oh, mindfulness isn't staying in this moment. Mindfulness is constantly coming back. So when you notice that your mind has gone over here, you catch it and you bring it back to whatever your chosen focus is, the candle, the breath, whatever. And what I found really useful was to do an emotions check-in. And I use something called the Blue Chicks Wheel. It's very simple. It looks like a colored daisy. And it's got just a small number of emotions on the wheel to, to get you thinking. And what I do is I'll just pause for even 30 seconds, but I try to make it a minute or so and look at the wheel and just say, how am I feeling right now? And be open to conflicting feelings. Like you were saying before about fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'll feel nervous about speaking, doing a speaking engagement. I'm also excited. You know, I'm also joyful that I get an opportunity to have this interaction with people about the topic that's dear to me. I'm this and that and that. So I would do this emotions check-in and just say, okay, so I'm kind of frustrated from the last conversation I had. Um, I'm excited by what I'm going to be doing later. And I would just name all these emotions and then do absolutely nothing with them, just leave them alone. And then come back an hour later and do the same check-in. And consistently they've changed. The emotions have changed. Well, I haven't done anything about them. So it started to teach me that if you just leave them alone, they move on. And that was a huge thing for me because first of all, it was a mindfulness practice that I could just weave in to my day. And secondly, it was very practical because it reassured me that a bit like the weather, you know, if you don't like the way weather, wait an hour and it will change. The same with emotions, even when you're in the depth of anxiety or despair or sadness, it's not going to stay forever, even if you do absolutely nothing about it. And that was a really important practice for me. Um, the second thing was to really ask myself, each time I was about to do something like do that exercise or do a meditation or read a book or whatever it was I was gonna to do to take a break, I would ask myself, what is it that I want from this now. And if the answer was, I want to be able to say, I've done this, I'd go and find something else to do. You know, so rather than working out in the gym, maybe I'd take a walk outside. Um, so, so practicing these kind of, what am I doing? What's the purpose in doing them? What do I expect the outcome to be from doing them? And if the outcome didn't serve my purpose, I didn't do them. You did the most simplest, most important things but the hardest to incorporate because it well, is that, yeah one of the things that I really focus on because I do so so much work with project managers is making things in something you can incorporate it shouldn't be extra work in order to do it it should be okay I'm just going to pause and check for a moment that's why I don't get into two minutes five minutes seven minutes it's as long as you can do it for the purpose, which is to just do this check-in. And because project managers are always transitioning, you know, from one meeting to another, one task to another, or whatever it is, we very often have an experience 
and then emotions come up because of that experience of that exchange. And we don't pause to think about them and we go into the next exchange and we carry stuff over. Now, if what we carry over is positive, like I'm enjoying this conversation, the next thing I do, I'll be energized and excited to go, great. But if you and I have had an argument and I'm frustrated and irritated and I feel there's stuff that's unresolved, the next person I speak to is quite likely to get, as my mother would describe it, the sharp edge of my tongue because I'm still processing that frustration. Whereas if I can say to myself, okay, that was frustrating, I feel, and it's still there, I still feel that frustration, you've labeled it and it has less, it doesn't sneak up on you because you, you know it's there. And that's one of the things that happens in burnout is things sneak up on you and you find yourself struggling before you've even noticed that you were moving towards that struggling mode. Yes, that's so right. And these are changing the habits, even pausing for a second, it can be challenging for people because they think it's challenging. Mm -hmm. It's just what we think about. So that's why I was saying like, it's simple, but for some people it's so hard to incorporate because it's changing the habit, it's adding something to even like people forget or they even, as we were talking about how it was for me to check the list, so if we understand that it is essential for us to slow down, then it won't be part of the checklist. It won't be part of like, I should, oh my God, I have not stopped today to check in with my emotions. It's like naturally it will be like, I actually need to check in with my emotions and you will feel it in your body. So all those are so simple. And as I said before, my word for this year is like simplifying my life. And everything you mentioned is so easily understandable, easily digestible. And if we slow down and feel what we are just talking about, it's easily incorporatable. It's not even a word. You can easily incorporate. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it you is can now. even easily incorporate in your life. Oh my God, thank you so much for these beautiful nuggets of wisdom because everything was very easy to understand and that's what I love. People who are listening to this, might be experiencing burnout and the last thing they need is like one hour conversation full with <laughs> you should do this you should do that you should do this so this was a very valuable conversation for me i had some insight i had some realization so thank you so much for being part of this thank you so much for being the guest and if people want to connect you even deeper or be part of your coaching or group coaching where can they find you so they can look for me on LinkedIn. I'm the Mindful Project Motivator. Uh, you can also look out for my website, which is projectmotivator.com. And I will link everything down in the description box. You have a book. Tell me about your book. <laughs> How did book you forget be, that? <laughs> I, I have a book called Be a Project Motivator. And it's about going from management where we're kind of shepherding things to connecting with people's intrinsic motivation so that it's less work for project managers because people buy into the project they invest themselves in the project and you get more commitment from people so it's a book about doing that through the use of character strengths where can people find the book it's on pretty much all the major okay, distributors major. online so amazon personables yes amazon all of those there's an audio okay. book there's a kindle version there's a uh, print version so. perfect so people can just google the name or go to your be website a project I assume, 
and they can find it. Before I ask you to leave me with a message, is there anything you really wanted to mention in this conversation or you just remembered about it, but I just, I just didn't get the chance to ask you the question? I did want to say that one of the things I've learned to do is find that silver lining. It can be extremely irritating to people. As an example, you mentioned having bronchitis for the last two weeks. I had COVID last year, which was miserable. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to think that, you know, that was a fun time. What it did do though, was it forced that pause. And I actually think that COVID in 2021 probably prevented me becoming burned out again, because it forced me to pause and say, this is the most important and this I have to put aside and this is how I create balance. And this is where I want to focus my attention. So anything you can do to press that pause button on a regular basis, even if it's just for an hour, sit quietly, don't talk to anybody, just let your mind process is really, really helpful. And walk, so walk outside, nature, walking in nature has been shown to be one of the ways that we get to be most creative. And that's when those ideas pop into you. If I did this and this, then I could do that. And so I, I just wanted to mention that, that as uncomfortable as COVID was, I'm actually grateful for the experience. Grateful for my past, not anymore. It's not part of me anymore. I'm very careful with words. So when I had the bronchitis, I'm very grateful. In the moment, it does not feel like that, as you said, but mm -hmm. afterwards and walking the nature is so important because it forces us to feel that we are part of something bigger because when we are burned out and all that, we are in the mind and we think we are the mm -hmm. only people struggling. And where we are in the nature, there is so much that we feel like we are part of something larger than us. And we become detached from ourselves. And then we can clearly think so that if people don't take anything from this conversation, just take that walk in nature as often as you can. Even if it's cold, just go open the window and just look outside. So if if nothing, just take that advice from her. <laughs> Leave me with a message. It can be, and listeners, me and the listeners, it can be either one sentence or simply a word, but like something you really feel you want to leave us with. Look after yourself. There's only one of you. Oh, I'm going to cry now. That is so, that touched me. We have to take care of ourselves. We are the people that we have always and we will have always. You are so right. That is one of the most beautiful messages that any guest ever left. I love that. Take care of ourselves. Thank you so much for Thank you. my guest. I keep clapping. I have a toddler. He's four, so I clap a lot. So I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> See, people I love it. Like, you can clap me as much as you want. <laughs> I can't even imagine when I will be editing this audio to be just like my clap. <laughs> but good job. Thank you so much for thank this you. conversation. And thank you for being my guest. I really, really. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. That's great. And they, thank you listeners for listening. And have a beautiful rest of the night if it's night wherever you are. Have a beautiful, re productive rest of the day. And until next time.